This is episode 38 with Jeremy Ross. You love it. You are great at it. The world needs it. You are paid for it. In this program, we go deep to get answers to essential questions and learn how to develop key skills to live a life that moves you. This is the Beyond the Surface podcast. My guest today, Jeremy Ross, has been in the solar industry since 2015, which energy experts say is expected to boom in the next 10 years, aiming to reach 20% of all U.S. electricity generation by 2030. Jeremy is the chief revenue officer of Freebolt USA, a global leader in the renewable energy sector, and I invited him to learn more about the residential solar industry, his career in sales, and the lessons learned along the way. Jeremy, thank you so much for being here. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate the offer. You know, I'm glad to have a chance to talk to someone like you who has been in the industry for such a long time to really learn about this exciting industry. But before we get there, I wanted to first touch on your sales journey, your sales career. How did you first get into sales? <laughs> well, uh, my first sales job is kind of comical, and that is I sold women's shoes at Nordstrom. So, you know, a lot of people uh, think of Al Bundy and the old Married with Children show. Um, but uh, when you're 21 years old, you get to wear a suit every day, I uh, meet a lot of pretty ladies, and it was a pretty fun job. Uh, and then I kind of transitioned. I went to work in communications for a while and eventually found myself in the mortgage industry and worked uh, some pretty high-pressure sales situations in terms of uh, the kind of the boiler room atmosphere. And um, sometimes that was good. Sometimes it wasn't. I don't know that it necessarily fit my personality, um, but they definitely got results. But it's just... It, it, you know, I've, I've tried a lot of different things and, and solar kind of stuck because I was able to use a lot of my mortgage background to, to help me with my solar career. Wow. It didn't fit, it didn't fit your personality? Well, you know, when, when I'm very big on you have to believe in your product, uh, you have to believe that you're helping people. And when I did mortgages, that was primarily the case, but that evolved. Uh, that was around the time of the crash, 2007, 2008. And I ended up getting into loan modifications. And the company that I worked for, um, they basically had us all in a room, you know, uh, kind of a, a sales manager breathing down our necks, you know, you make, make a certain number of calls. You had to have your pitch perfect. And we were selling people the idea that we were going to save their home it was probably in foreclosure at this point, but they had to send us $3,000. And it was a, a pretty high pressure sale. If you really think about it, you know, there's some guy on the phone is telling you he's going to save your house for $3,000 and you're scraping your money together to save your house. And what ended up happening was um, the company wasn't able to actually help those people. So everybody got in a lot of trouble with the feds. Um, I wasn't, I had already left the company at that point because I lost my own house as a result of it. And so it, it really left a sour taste in my mouth for sales and, and just kind of that whole experience. And I, I swore to myself, I would never, ever be involved in something like that again. Um, and so when I originally got into solar, I, I had no intention of going into solar. I, I said, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to deal with that again. 
But a good friend of mine kind of convinced me and told me, you know, how solar worked, um, how it actually helped people, uh, how a lot of those people that, that you know, I might have felt like I took advantage of before, those same types of people I was going to be able to help now. And, hmm. um, you know, one of the things that, that we hear a lot out where we are, because, you know, where I'm at, it's a highly competitive market. Solar has been big here for about 10 to 15 years. And so where is here? Uh, uh, I'm in Palm Desert, California. Okay. So per capita, we have the most saturated solar market in the country. And um, we've had some of our utilities here have really fought back hard against solar. One of the, the things the utilities use to fight us is they say that low income people are subsidizing the wealthier people that want to go solar. And, and what I've found in my career is it's exactly the opposite. The majority of people that we help are working class people that want to make sure that they have control over their electricity costs and, and that they don't um, you know, get stuck paying higher and higher utility bills. No, it makes sense. I think somebody said something that really resonated. It's like, why rent your electricity when you can own it just like your home? <laughs> Correct. And the, the other thing is you also said that you had at some point a solar show, a solar radio show. Can you tell me more about how, how that ended up being? So um, one of the things I learned early in life was the best way to master something or get better at something is to actually teach it to other people. Mm. And so, um, you know, when I was, I was an independent solar guy for a while. And during that time, I kind of built up my knowledge by writing articles. Mm. And Freevolt saw me. Uh, I had done some work with them, but they saw these articles and they realized, you know, that I had a good, pretty good brain. And so they wanted to, to bring me on board. And then when I got into that, um, we had a couple people approach us about doing a radio show. And so uh, I did a, a solar radio show for about six months. And it was not a, a sales show. It was more of an informational um, so that anybody listening would learn more about solar. And I brought on some guests, you know, interviewed people from CPAs to battery manufacturers to try to help really shed light on, on the industry and on the, on the product and how it could help people and, you know, maybe get a few sales out of it. It sounds like you had a great time running this radio show. What, what uh, happened? Oh, it's just, it, it comes down to a couple of things. One is, is we paid to have the radio show mm. and we wanted to see, you know, if it really made sense financially for us to keep doing it because we didn't get a lot of leads from it. And so um, ultimately that's why we did something like that. I, I love to do it just for the sake of doing it. But, you know, when you have to pay for it, you have to take those things into consideration. And then the other thing is just time. You know, it, it is a lot of work to get up you know it was actually a live radio show too you weren't so, getting leads from it no no it was um it was informational it was a call-in show we'd get a few calls here and there um it could have just been the station and the platform you know maybe if i had a, a bigger audience it would have done a little bit better but it, it was an experience and um it, it gave us information that we could share with with customers as well because everything was recorded So, you know, if, if we covered something on the show that might have come up in a, in a potential sale situation, we could refer them and say, hey, this is what we talked about. And, and here, listen to a little bit more, uh, you know, tax credit. We had a CPA on explaining the tax credit. 
So it really helped kind of build our knowledge as a company uh, to put that show together. Yeah. I wanted to go into transition into the next part of this interview, which is really talking about the, the, the first stage in the sales process, which is building a pool of prospects. Uh, lead generation, you mentioned that during the thing, is what, what do you think the top performing, um, what do you think are your top, top performing channels for bringing new solar installations today? Specifically, let's just focus today, since you guys do commercial and residential, just residential. So the number one um, channel for getting new prospects is always going to be referrals. Of course. But obviously, you have to get to that point. You're not going to walk in and start day one and have a book of business waiting for you to, to refer you business. So mm -hmm. um, the, the way that we've done it is that every single one of our sales reps is highly encouraged to join a networking group like a mm. BNI or something similar where it's a category-specific group You go once a week, you meet with everybody, whether it's live or on Zoom, and talk about your business, and then you become that group's solar person. It's almost mm. like hiring 30 people as sales reps to work for you. Um, so that's been very successful for our top people. Uh, the other thing is, is, of course, we do have some people that still knock doors. Um, it's a little bit different in California. You know, you can't, you know, most of these doors in California have been knocked to death for the last 10 years. <laughs> So whereas five years ago, somebody could have gone out for three hours and probably got six appointments. Now in California, you, you're probably knocking for three or four hours just to get one. And so um, obviously the pitch is important at the door. Uh, it was never really my strength, but I, I've seen there are definitely people that are better than others. And then number three, uh, I, I would say uh, Facebook funnels have worked very, very well for us. Um, mm -hmm. You know, with the exception of the re of the referrals, which we get a lot of at this point, you know, the Facebook funnels is probably next. Mm -hmm. and, and it took us a while to figure out what worked. Um, now, we're kind of unique because we're also a solar manufacturer, so we only sell our product. So a lot of our target with regards to the, to our marketing is based on the fact that we have a unique technologically advanced product. And that attracts people to, to want to learn more. And then of at course. that point, it's, it's up to our guys um, to do their job and, you yes. know, and, be, and be salespeople. No, yeah, no, it, it makes sense. I mean, the, ref, the referral source is definitely a must for every business. It, and I would imagine it has the highest closing uh, rate for people coming as a referral too. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, do you guys, uh, other than, you know, being the top of mind person in networking groups, do you guys offer some incentives? I, I, I was looking at some of the solar groups where you may be part of too, where some companies are offering some sort of referral uh, incentive to pay for their system. Is that something that you guys are doing? Have you thought about doing that? We What are do. your thoughts? I mean, typically we will offer anybody 500 bucks for a referral if they send somebody over to us. Um, but we're also big on strategic partnerships. Uh -huh. So, um, you know, it, there's, there's other industries that, uh, they have good synergy with solar. And so, you know, roofing is an obvious one, mm. um, where we're at and there's a lot of pools. So, you know, we work with pool men who are, you know, in people's homes all the time, um, HVAC people. 
Um, and, and then also real estate and mortgage people. And then last would be CPAs. CPAs. Um, these are all good people to work with. And I don't want to give up too many tricks of, uh, of the trade when it comes to this. Cause you know, we like to, of course, some of our tactics in house, but when you work with a CPA, uh, especially, you know, that, that person has a, a deep understanding of a homeowner's finances. And what happens is around tax time, homeowners come in and, you know, they've got a tax bill for fifteen, twenty thousand $20,000, the IRS, and their CPA can just look at them and say, well, if you would have gone solar, you'd have gotten a credit and you could have saved on that. And that ends up being a referral for us. Um, and if the CPA likes us and already knows that this person can use the tax credit, they just did a big part of our job for us. Wow. No, that's, that's really smart. And then what is the conversation or the transition like for some, someone doing HVAC to refer solar? Is like to lower your electricity bill that is now going up because of what you're installing, right? Well, yeah, and, and out here, I mean, uh, we just had the hottest August on record. Um, we're expecting another month of, uh, or another weekend, I should say, of 115 to 120 degree temperatures. So almost everybody has air conditioning that they're running 24 hours a day here. So um, obviously that takes a lot of electricity. We see electric bills as high as $2,000 a month. And so, um, you know, sometimes what happens is people are, they know they're going to replace their air conditioning unit for a more efficient one at some point, but until they do, they're not sure they want to go solar because they want to see what their bills are going to be like. But what happens is an AC guy will come in, he'll put in the, uh, an AC and he'll talk to the homeowner and say, Hey, you know, this is going to save you some money, but if you want to save more money, you know, you've got a good roof for solar and we coach them on how the roof has to look because we don't want to have to deal with any bad roofs, <laughs> but you know, they'll, they'll say, Hey, reach out to my guy for solar. And he'll he'll help save you some money on this. Uh, I want to touch a little bit on you mentioned that uh, you're looking into doing um, using Facebook to for lead generation. Have you done have you have you tried that before, whether at Freebolt or an, another company? Um, I mean, yeah, we we do use it at Freebolt, um, and it, it took us a couple of different uh, test runs to really figure out what worked. Um, and what's really worked for us, and again, this is something that's kind of unique to Freevolt, is that we have the only solar panel in the world that has graphene. And graphene is a carbon derivative, um, and it's highly conductive. It, it essentially makes, allows the electrons to move freely with no resistance. And by incorporating graphene into a solar panel, we can increase production by 20 to 40% over traditional solar panels or even high-end high solar panels um, on an annual basis. And so you know, when we put out a video talking about graphene, and then we obviously we work with um, a, a marketer, and I'm not sure who we use, it's, um, but they target the ads well. Um, it's a call to action. It gets people interested. They see the only only graphene solar panel in the world and they, they become int instantly interested. Um, and it gives us something, something to differentiate ourselves because like I said, we're in a highly saturated market. Um, there's a lot of companies out here and most of them are good companies. I have nothing bad to say about any other company. Um, so we have to try to find what's going to differentiate us, differentiate us from our competitors. Interesting. So you're using your differentiator to try to get better results from, lead gen, uh, appointment creation, and probably it's also helping you with your close rates. 
Now, when we talk about closed rates, I would imagine that, you know, like we were saying before, closing rates from referrals are higher than from a digital channel. I was looking online, trying to get some benchmarks. And what what I was looking at is most referrals get a 50% uh, close rate and then digital channels are getting 25% close rate does that does that resonate with you is that off what are you, what are um, your, what's your perspective on that and obviously I it's going to vary depending on the the area yeah, and the it, company in our market i would say that you know the referrals are you know 50% is probably about right uh, digital marketing um, if you're closing 25% you're doing a really good job um, in my first solar sales job it was actually with solar city so there's a lot of people out there that have worked with solar city and we had a lot of leads that came from Home Depot. So they had uh, what they called energy field energy um, specialists inside Home Depot setting us appointments. And those appointments probably closed at about a 15% close rate. Um, for a while, I was closing those at about 35%. And that made me kind of a god <laughs> when it came to, to closing um, over there. I mean, referrals definitely do better. Um, and then, you know, digital... Digitally, I think 25% is, is probably a good number if you're working with a good, targeted, um, you know, you know, well-conceived ads uh, versus you know, some of these other standard ones that you see so many of, um, you know, especially in our area, homeowners have learned to say, that's an ad for probably somebody that's going to sell my information to four or five different companies. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what homeowners think. Whether it's true or not is irrelevant. If that's what a homeowner thinks when they see that ad, uh, they're not going to click on it. They're not going to put their information in. And, and so it does have to be unique and look of, you know, in our market, at least, it has to be a little bit more um, well thought out, I should say. No, that's interesting. Now, we're talking about close rates. Now, I want to move farther down the funnel, um, the sales process. So you said that you are, you you guys have a $500 incentive for referrals right like if you're working with a client and they re- refer you someone you guys uh, either give them 500 in cash or a $500 credit for their system um or something along those lines um i seen that number go from 500 to 1000 in referrals and then i also looked at the average cost per install acquisition in the residential space going from I think twelve hundred to two thousand per per sale. What, what are your thoughts on those benchmarks? What are you seeing in the space, considering that you probably have more exposure than than direct exposure than I than I have? Well, you know, I, since I mentioned Solar City, I'll just bring up that you know, that partnership with Home Depot is one of the reasons why um, Solar City is no more. You know, Tesla bought them out. They were always sister companies. Tesla took it over. Um, we see what Tesla's doing now in the in the industry, and it's, I don't know that it's necessarily a good thing. Um, but the per customer acquisition cost for Solar City using Home Depot was like four thousand dollars per customer. Wow! And so it, it's um, that's an incredibly high amount. Uh, now they charge a little bit more for their product. Um, the salespeople all had a base salary plus commission. Um, there was a lot of things going on there that cost them money, but um, you know we're probably down now at, at you know somewhere around a thousand dollars, and a lot of that is because we have really worked the referral process. As far as our Facebook, you know, ads, I don't know exactly what our monthly spend is. I know that we're going to try 
Uh, we're going to up it a little bit this month and kind of see what happens with it, see what's working. But it, it's always going to be, um, you know, trial and error to a certain of degree. Course. I mean, there, there's once you've done it, you kind of have an idea of how you need to do it. But for like a new company starting out, you've got to find what's going to differentiate you from other people, other other solar companies, and then find out how to present that um, to the masses uh, in a way that's going to get them to act. And it's it's it does take a little bit of uh, fine tuning. Now, as a sales leader right now, how much are you willing to pay per cost uh, per per new installed before you pull the plug in any program? Oh wow, yeah, that's probably a, a better question for for our CEO. Um, he's the one that kind of handles uh, more of that. Um, how do you feel? What where do you would start feeling like this is just for you? In your opinion, when would you feel? Yeah, no, this is too much. Let's pull the plug. Oh, I, I would think as soon as it crosses $2,000, you're definitely paying too much. Um, and, and that's just based on what I've seen us, what we're able to do at this point, um, you know, what we get for, for what we put in. And, you know, we've tried other things. We tried a call center. Call center costs us, you know, $6,000 a month plus whatever. And the leads are horrible. Um mm-hmm. And so, and I've recommended that, I kind of knew that going in, that the call center wasn't a good way to go, but, you know, they wanted to try it. And so they tried it and we saw what happened. Um, And I I think really the Facebook and and social media in general, I know that some companies are very successful using YouTube. Um, Some use Instagram better than others. Uh, But Facebook, I think, still probably gets the best bang for your buck. Yeah. I'm always being a big fan of um, an all-bound strategy as long as it's meeting your benchmarks, right? I, I started, I'm, I'm kind of like new jumping in on the solar uh, industry and seeing kind of some of the conversations. They're comparing uh, what they think is apples to apples, but then I'm, I'm uh, like, for example, YouTube and Facebook. And, you know, I always thought like, YouTube, you are capturing demand while the other one you're generating demand because the other one in YouTube, you're basically showing an ad to somebody who has already searched or have signaled to you that they are on the market for solar. While on Facebook, you're really marketing to different audience who may not be searching for solar yet, but you caught their attention, right? Yes. So it's, uh, so re- really, I think the, my, my little take on that is focus on how much you're willing to pay per install. And if the program is not performing that, with whatever you're paying, call center, management fits for a legion campaign, ad spend, and all of that is not hitting your 2000 per sale or is going over that, <laughs> then it doesn't yeah. make sense for you to do it. Absolutely. But, uh, moving to something, uh, since, you know, what would you say are the top, perf- uh, what, are you, what would you say are the fastest growing solar companies doing differently than the rest right now? Well, you know, this is where um, some things have definitely changed since I started. What I've seen in the last year or two is um, the, these companies that kind of go to, uh, you know, a sales company versus a, an EPC model where um, you've got a lot of guys that basically they can start a sales company almost anywhere. Uh, you don't have to actually get in and do the install. You can work with an install partner somewhere across the country. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think by being able to sell in a lot of marketplaces, that's going to help some companies grow pretty quickly. 
Now, the downside is I think that you learn your market. Uh, you don't learn your market as well. And like I know my market inside and out. We have offices in Texas. We have offices in Las Vegas. We have offices in Fresno. Um, and I don't know their utilities as well. I don't know certain aspects of the market. And so I think that, that the grow, fastest growing companies, I think that they're doing a really good job of um, you know, finding the value and focusing on what they do best. Um, you know, if, if you can sell, then sell. Let somebody else handle the installation if they're going to do a great job. Um, you know, but it, I think still the basic, you know, some of the basic points of, of being a good salesperson still have to apply. Um, you still have to keep in touch with your customers. You have to let them know what's going on. You have to have that communication throughout the process because it is a long process. It's not like selling shoes at Nordstrom where, you know, she picks out her shoes. I, I help her try them on. I, you know, go up and, and ring her up That's, and then we're done. Solar is, it's a lifetime relationship with that customer. And so the, the, the sales agents, that are able to build those relationships and keep them going are the ones that are going to be the most successful. Um, you know, I know that in, in the, in the industry, you know, Sunrun has always been huge. Vivint has always been huge, but I think that they're kind of being surpassed by these independent companies that they might sell Sunrun and they might sell Vivint, but they might sell a lot of other products as well. A lot, you know, whether it's another installer or another finance program, you know, having those options to, to best meet your customers' needs, I think, are very important. And, and some of these companies are very flexible and agile and able to really meet those needs. And those are the ones that you're going to see grow. Mm -hmm. Now, um, at, at Freeball right now, are you in a position to share kind of a range, at least some sort of range of how much the company is doing in annual revenue, probably from last year, considering that this year is kind of weird? Um, I would say that definitely, um, that was a perfect sound before you answering that question. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what I'm allowed to share or not. Um, I, I can tell you that I, I've seen the bank statements, uh, were quite healthy. Now, last year was a unique year for us in that we transitioned to our new technology. And so what that meant was we, pre-sold a lot of systems with our new panels and the panels took about three to four months longer to get here than we anticipated, which created a whole new set of, of challenges in terms of um, keeping these customers happy. Some of who had already paid, you know, thousands of dollars for, you know, to get their, their project started um, while waiting for the panels to get here. So um, that being said, uh, I'll just say that our sales are, north of or last year we're north of four million and south of 10 so somewhere okay. between there okay no that's a good that's a good range and the reason that i ask is kind of to to kind of set the tone for those listening who maybe just start starting their solar business right is either a high performing uh sales consultant doing it on his own and doing what you said letting other people handle the installs or somebody who maybe just partnered with somebody and they have one salesperson right a team of three uh, they're still working on on their first 500k in sales. What would you say is uh, your best tip for them right now if they're listening and they're working to to hit that first benchmark that I just came up with? <laughs> um, I think the most important thing, and this is kind of, um, and this is where solar I think is similar to real estate. Uh -huh. um, the 
a lot of people get in because they think it's going to be easy. Uh, some people might even have some initial success because um, when I first got into solar, um, I sold 13 deals my second month. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that was tops in, in my region at the time. But a big part of that is when you get into, you get into solar, get into any new business, and you let the people around you know what you're doing, you're going to catch some low-hanging fruit. You're going to have that, that family member or that longtime friend that's been interested in going solar. They just never knew who to trust. Mm-hmm. And so initially, you might get some sales and think, this is easy. But you have to stay um, committed to learning the, the industry, learning your product, learning how to match people up with the right solution for them, because it's not one size fits all. Um, everybody has different needs. Um, you know, for example, we don't sell leases at Freevolt. I used to sell leases and PPAs before. Um, and you have to know who gets, who should get that and who shouldn't. Um, and, uh, I think that like anything else, it's work. So a lot of people think they're going to jump in and they're going to make a lot of money real quick. Of course. No, you have to do the work. And, you know, that's, that's pretty standard with sales. You know, one of my first sales jobs when they showed me it was the first time I saw a sales funnel. You know, they they drew it up on a whiteboard. Here's your sales funnel. You know, all your prospects going in, and then as you work them down the funnel, it gets mm-hmm. your your closed deals coming out of the bottom. You have to constantly be building that pipeline, and um, it's not just from one area. You've got to find three or four different methods of generating that business and, and building up those prospects, and then. One thing, and this is why um, I'm kind of transitioning away from doing any any um, individual residential sales, uh, partially because I just I have so many responsibilities here at Freevolt. But the most important thing I can stress to anybody in this industry is to stay in contact with your customers, because mm. even if contractually they cannot get out of a deal after a certain amount of time. Um, you want to make sure that they're happy through the process. And then you want to make sure that they're happy like throughout the rest of the time they're in that home with your solar on their roof. You've got to check up with them every three to six months just to make sure, Hey, your system is producing great. All right, let's check check out your bills. Let's see where you're at. And, and what that does is it lets them know that one, they're not just, you know, somebody that you just sold a, a solar system to. They know that you're really interested in, in, you know, making sure that they're t- well taken care of and that you're, you're really committed to the industry and the business. And those people are going to give you referrals. But, you know, you've still got to do the work. You still get into a BNI or a networking group. You know, go knock some doors when you can if you're in an area that allows it. And, and definitely try out different methods of marketing through, through social media, internet, whatever it is. You know, keep doing that stuff. Some people think that they have it made at a certain point and then they stop doing certain things. We've got a CEO that'll go out and knock doors in 115 degree weather because, you know, he, he knows if, if he needs to do that, um, you know, he'll do that. Mm-hmm. What are you, what are your thoughts about, I was seeing some conversations around uh, people who are just getting started with their business. They're looking into scaling their business and starting to invest in some sort of a scalable system uh, to, to, do, to get more lead gen than door knocking. And obviously, they're not, not being familiar with having done a lead gen program before, they're really trying to find someone who 
can say, can you guarantee me leads or can you guarantee me new installs? Uh, what is the best approach since it sounds it sounds like you've worked with other lead gen providers before, what's what's the best approach to select the right lead gen provider? Uh, this is a tough one because um, honestly, like I, I would say, like I'm, I'll, I'll use LinkedIn as an example. Mm-hmm. I probably get ten requests per week from somebody telling me that they're going to grow my solar business and, and and that sort of thing, and. You know, there, there's a couple top people in the industry that, that uh, people know. Um, I'm not going to throw out any names, but there's some names out there that you know, people kind of think those are the guys, and, and they might be, but every market is a little bit different. And so what, what we've done here at Freevolt is uh, when somebody comes to us and says, hey, we're going to get you X amount of leads, um, if we can try it out without a long-term commitment and at a reasonable price just to see if it works. Um, you know, we like to do that. Now the problem is just like any marketing, um, you really need a larger sample size. Uh, some of the other things that we like are, um, you know, somebody says, Hey, I'll, I'll generate these leads, you know, spend this much on the Facebook ads. And then for the first four months, I'll only take money on the ones that you convert. Hmm. And so, you know, little things like that for us are important. Um, you know, one of the things that, that my CEO Muhammad would always say is if somebody comes to us and says, use our program, use our platform, we're going to get you all kinds of new business. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Muhammad will say, okay, bring me an electric bill. And, <laughs> um, you know, he said, if you bring me an electric bill, we'll, we'll do business. Cause electric bill means that you've got a customer who's interested. And most of them, we never hear from them again, but some of them just say, okay, no problem. And, and, you know, but for a smaller person, like we have a little bit of leverage because of who we are, um, what we're kind of building over here for somebody who's new in the industry, I I would just be weary about spending too much money up front Mm -hmm. um, or too long of a commitment because you want to be able to pivot and, and transition if it's just not working. But at the same time, you do have to give it some time to work because it's not nothing's going to be instant. Um, mm-hmm. Now that's interesting what you're talking about because what I like about what you're saying is you you do need to, a big sample size to figure out if a program works or not. But also if you know a company such as yours that that is at a place where it is, you you have more cash flow to to test with, right? But for somebody who's just getting started and they're more sensitive with their marketing budget because they don't have that much so they want to make sure that you know they 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 invested well what would you be your recommendation for a team who is maybe on their second year they're still below the 500,000 how much what what is the minimum spend like not too much not too little I think the the bare bare minimum is going to be a thousand dollars, but that's like bare 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 minimum. I think really you need to put at least two thousand to twenty five hundred in per month to start. And you're Um, talking about ad spend, correct? I'm talking, yeah, ad spend. Um, And and, you know, usually the the if you're working with somebody, they're going to have their fee. Um, But I mean, we're we're probably going to. Yeah, and uh, we'll probably spend um, cl- close to $10,000 this month um, mm-hmm. on, on a variety of different campaigns. 
a lot of it dedicated to Facebook, but you know, where we're at, um, because we are the installer as well, we're going to, we're going to do a multifaceted approach with billboards. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, press releases are something that, that I like. Um, that's because I have a, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a writer, you know, like I said, I used to write the articles about solar. Um, you know, whenever we have something big, we like to, to, uh, get it out there and then promote it. And what so press releases that you like and how do you track its effectiveness to reaching your sales goals? Um, so the, for us, um, again, this is going to be a little bit unique to us, but when I first learned that we were going to have solar panels with graphene, um, which was about three years ago, which is when I decided to join Freevolt full time. Um, I put out a press release. One of the first things I did is I put out a press release to any outlet that would take it for free because I didn't, I, we didn't have a lot of money at the time. And, and I wanted to make sure that it got out to as many places as possible. And what happens is it's never going to be just one thing. If you're knocking doors and, you, and somebody actually opens the door to talk to you and they saw your billboard somewhere or they, they saw your press release somewhere, then all of a sudden they're going to bring it all together and realize, oh, you're that company that I've seen everywhere. Um, so the press release, it's, it's always got to be newsworthy. Um, you know, you can't just put out a press release and say, you know, solar is going to save you money on your electric bill. You know, there's a billion articles that say that. You, you've got to be something about, you know, uh, I think educational is always the best. Um, for example, I did a really good one a few years ago about solar and real estate and how solar plus real estate, you know, how they work together, how solar can increase the value of your home. And what that did is it opened the door to be able to network with realtors and uh, realtors do not like solar. <laughs> they, they, um, if they have to, if they've ever done a transaction that involves a solar lease. They don't want to have to deal with that. So they, they just hate solar. But as a, as a solar salesperson, if you can turn that around and show them how solar can work to increase the value of a home, um, how working with you as a solar representative will be a, a benefit to the realtor. Now you've got a realtor that's starting to send you leads. So mm. it, um, sounds, it sounds, uh, sorry to interrupt you. It sounds like you use the press release as sales collateral to, to, to help the, your, the salespeople, the sales team yes. have something that perhaps it's an educative piece of information that doesn't have your brand on name, your brand on it, because then it may seem more biased. Is, is that, am I, in well, the, yeah, in the right and, conclusion. And, um, Something published I, by a newspaper versus an article yeah. on freebolt.com, right? Exactly. So, <laughs> or the, the website. When I was doing the articles heavily, um, I, I advertised myself as an independent solar consultant mm-hmm. that would, uh, if a homeowner wanted solar, I would work with them to find the best company for their needs. Got it. And then the press releases or the articles that I wrote. Um, were to establish that I knew what I was talking about so that if they chose to work with me, they would know that they had somebody that was looking out for them. And because I could take them to so many different companies, then I had a lot of, of, of value to them because then it didn't seem like I'm trying to sell them solar. It's now I'm helping them get solar. Mm. I love it. Yeah, no, people definitely want to work with people who are like feel that they're on their side. They're consultants. They're not salespeople. It's like the consultative selling approach, right? Yes. Help them guide through their buyer's journey as they are looking into going solar. Um, now, I know that you mentioned that 
your sales team may watch this. So I wanted to, <laughs> to ask you some questions uh, as if I was in your team. Uh, but first, uh, how, how big is your sales team? So we have seven offices. Mm -hmm. um, each office runs pretty tight with one to three salespeople. Mm -hmm. um, here in our headquarters, we have four salespeople and then a helper. Um, but uh, two of us also have different roles. So I'm technically one of our salespeople, but my primary role isn't really to sell. I mean, they, they, I need to. Um, it, I, I live better when I sell more, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we've got probably about 15 overall, uh, salespeople across, you know, seven offices in three States. Mm -hmm. All right. And then for those of you who work for Jeremy, if you're listening right now, uh, Jeremy, what are your goals at this point as the CR, the CRO for, of Freebolt? So, my main role is to make sure that the money comes in steadily. That's the revenue part of the, of the title. Um, and I'm here to assist my team to make sure that they have the knowledge that they need. And I, I think every salesperson should set a minimum goal. If all you have to do is sell, you should always sell a minimum of four deals a month. And, and that's like a, a minimum. You're going to have a good lifestyle, four deals a month. You're probably making, you know, a little over six figures a year. Um, obviously, the more you sell, the the, the more that goes up. Um, you know, and if if a if any of our customers happen to happen come across this podcast, I want them to realize that it's important for your salespeople to make money. I know that sometimes that that doesn't sound right to uh, a homeowner, but keep in mind, my customers that bought for me five years ago can still call me to this day and ask me questions about their system or get help with their system. And that's the stability that I want our guys to all have, because if the salesperson does well, they're going to stick around. And if their customer has an issue, they can always call their salesperson. I've seen a lot of people jump in and out of industries. Mm. And it's, you know, if you, if you can sell, it doesn't matter what the product is, as long as you have some sort of uh, passion for it, um, or at least that you like the product, a good salesperson can sell anything. What mm -hmm. I like about this industry is because the overall goal of solar is to decarbonize the grid, to help fight climate change. Uh, it gives people more control. It helps them save money. I mean, it's it's really a win-win for pretty much everybody with the exception of the utilities. Um, and, and so I want my guys to feel comfortable to to try to make money. Because you know the only way they're going to stay in the industry is if they make money, and their customers will feel much more confident if they know that their salesperson is successful. Nobody wants to buy something from a desperate salesperson, and so the way you become a not desperate salesperson is you you be successful. You know, get out there, keep pushing. You know, if, if every single one of our sales reps did four deals a month, then. Um, we would have a lot of good sales reps. Freevolt uh, overall would be a, a you know growing even faster than we are. Um, you know we're looking to add probably two or three more offices by the end of next year. So you know we are growing. Now, given that you know everybody started the year very optimistic until around February, <laughs> how how did uh, COVID uh, impacted your perhaps the sales targets that you had at the beginning of the year for for 2020? Have um, you changed them? Have you kept them the same? You know, we were fortunate, you know, they, they deemed us to be essential. 
And so we were able to keep working. Um, it, it obviously changed things like, um, you know, no more in-person consultations. I mean, we, we'll still do a few here and there now, but for several months, it was all Zoom. You know, we all got real good with Zoom. Um, even before COVID, I was sending out video proposals because um, we had talked to people on Facebook, actually, that said they preferred um, having a video proposal or a Zoom proposal compared to having a pushy salesperson in their house <laughs> is exactly how they put it. And so um, we had already kind of started that transition. And, and so we were able to actually do well um, during COVID. Now, installs were slowed down a little bit because some of the cities shut down. But from a sales perspective, um, I, I think that this was probably the best summer we've had yet at Freevolt. And that's that's even accounting for the growth that we've had. So, um, you know, per per capita, so to speak, like for every salesperson, we sold more deals this summer than we ever had in the past. And so um, I, I think that COVID, while it slowed down some aspects of, of the process of going solar for homeowners, from a sales perspective, it might have actually helped us because you've got people that are spending more time at home. So they're running up higher electric bills. Uh, some people that aren't working have more time, assuming that they have some kind of income from either unemployment or if their employer guarantees their paycheck to help them through this time. A lot of those people decided this is the time to tackle our home improvements. Yes. And the other thing um, is that we do have a, a federal tax credit that's, that's scheduled Still. to go down at the end of this year. Yes. So that creates a little bit of uh, urgency mm -hmm. for homeowners to, to move forward. Um, and my, uh, my CEO gets mad because we do a lot of proposals together. I do bring up the fact that I think they're going to extend the ITC mm -hmm. and maybe even bring it back to 30%, um, which I should never do in a proposal to a homeowner, but I'm just, I'm kind of a transparent guy. Um, yeah. but I, I think that that tax credit will eventually get extended, but until it does, that is a huge sense of urgency for homeowners, especially we've got a system right now that, uh, we're pushing through and I'm not going to give all the details. Let's just say that it's uh, about $125,000 for a residential solar system with some batteries. Um, if we do not finish that before the end of the year, then they lose 4%, which 4% of, of, of that is $5,000. And so, you know, it's worth $5,000 to them to get signed and help us get this process completed as quickly as possible. Sounds good, Jeremy. You've been very generous with your time. One more question before we wrap up. Okay. Um, what have been the biggest lessons learned for you and your team from selling virtually? The biggest lessons from selling virtually? Um, wow, that's a, a good question. I, I would say, one, um, you still have to use, you know, use some pressure. I don't like to use you know, be a high-pressure salesperson. But, but urgency is important. Um, you know, selling virtually, you have some opportunities that you might not have otherwise. Um, for example, if you're selling via Zoom and you share your screen, you can put numbers a lot more in a, in a homeowner's face. When you're sitting at a kitchen table and you're sliding over a sheet of paper to look at or you're turning your computer around, they're not really seeing it the way that you want them to see it. But virtually, you can really highlight the little pieces of information, the little factoids that, that they need to help them see that solar should be a no-brainer. 
Now, I don't like to use the term no-brainer. Um, other people do in the industry because I think that when you say no-brainer, uh, some people get offended because they think that if, if they say no, that you're going to say they don't have a brain. Um, <laughs> but it also we, gives you the, the, the Bible of what they say, commission breath, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I, I think that you're able to educate better virtually uh, than you are in person sometimes. And I think it's just because of the proximity to a computer screen. Um, you have their attention. You know, I, I've been in some in-home consultations where people are walking around going about their business while you're sitting there trying to do a presentation. Um, but when you're on that screen, they're there and they are your captive audience. And, and one of the things, and this is probably the, the most important thing, stick to a script. And, and I know the script is going to change based on how they interact, but there are certain pieces of information in a certain order that you need to give to that homeowner to take them on that path, to weave them around to the point where the, the end of the, of the maze, so to speak, that treasure chest for them at the end of the maze is they're going solar. And if you follow that path and you take the keys from the homeowner in the right way, but you keep them on that path and you make sure that you do not miss one piece of information, if you hit everything, then they're much more likely to be ready to move forward at the end of that call. Wow, Jeremy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. You've been so generous. I am very uh, thankful of all the insights that you've shared. I'm sure that your team and all the, perhaps the new people ent entering the market are going to be listening to this. And, uh, and I hope that they find it as valuable as I have. Oh, well, thank you, Alonzo. I, I really appreciate you having me on and um, good luck with everything. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for listening. And a couple of quick announcements before you leave. For reference, you can access these episode's notes alongside other resources at bit.ly slash BTS EP038. Again, that's bit.ly slash BTS EP038. Finally, if you enjoy listening, the best way to support this podcast is by leaving a review in your podcast app. Thank you for tuning in and remember to live a life that moves you.